Welcome everyone back to the Church of Heavy Metal here at Thunderdome Metal Reviews. I am the Reverend Ben Lindsay, and with me is Tracy Newport and Dr. David Pizzo. How are you gentlemen tonight? Doing pretty good, doing pretty good. Just uh, an actually almost tolerably not hot night in March. So I was about to say it is, we are into September now as we record, and yeah. The last couple of days here in Wisconsin, I don't think the temperature has got over 75 degrees. Oh, and I am not mad about it at all. That's nice. Yeah, we ain't there yet. But no. we're going to be on our way. <laughs> I was super happy with our 80 degrees today. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a great uh, temperature for down there. Like about around 60. Yeah. But we're not here necessarily to talk about the weather, although we the cool weather does remind us of the origins of the band we're talking about tonight. We are talking about the United Kingdom's hardcore punk turned thrash power onslaught. And their 2020 album, Generation Antichrist. It is their seventh full length, released on August 7th of 2020 was my pick for an album that was released in August. Has a runtime of 37 minutes and 54 seconds. Oh, a sweet, sweet 37 minutes and 54 second runtime. The band members at the time of recording were David Garnett on vocals, Wayne Dorman on guitars, Nige Rocket on guitars, Jeff Williams on bass, and James Perry on drums. Nige Rogic also produced the album along with Wayne Dorman, Kyle Groom, Pete Hinton, and it looks like that is it. I will say it's a very nice 37 minutes because this thing fucking flies through. I don't know that they could have kept this pace up for longer than 37 minutes. Honestly. Because it is a... It is... Comes out the gate on the gas and, and lasts that way all the way through. There's not a whole lot of tempo changing going on here. Yeah, not a whole lot. It, like, it slows down a tiny bit in sort of the see, All Sing I, Addicted Smell Death, Empire's Fall, but mm -hmm. the ending with Religious Suicide, which, you know, sorry to be talking about tracks already, but yeah, no, this album, the pedal's already the floor when it starts, and by track, you know, by the eighth song, the wheels are on fire. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, It was really interesting because I had never heard of Onslaught, and then I started reading, I'm like, wait, what? This is some thrash outfit that's been around since the early 80s? One of the big four, and I have to admit, I'm not really, and I've, and I've actually listened to a fair amount of British metal. I mean, you know, Twin Iron Maiden and Carcass. I freaking love Carcass, who, as an aside, this sort of reminds me of, to a certain degree. One of the reasons I inflicted some Carcass on you for later, you and your fans, the fans, our fans. <laughs> but I'd never fucking heard of them or the other members of the big four of, of British frat, British thrash, which is a reminder of how insular we are sometimes. Uh, and I don't know if there's a British sound. I, I would not be willing to argue, like... Norwegian black metal is definitely a thing. Swedish melodic death metal, 100% a thing. Um, and this was interestingly recorded in Sweden. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I need to listen to the, I mean, this is taking us far afield. I feel like I need to listen to those other bands to sort of get a sense on, on, on that scene because I just don't, I just don't know these bands. But this album is just a throat punch. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, uh, it's really addictive. I mean, it was, you know, I joke sometimes that some of the stuff you, my homework, I've been sort of reluctant to do, but I've been listening to this off and on over and over and over since we first talked about it. I mean, it's been a while, over a month or something when we, when we added this on here. So 
No, I'm just rambling now. But anyway, this album kicks ass and British Thrash, what? That's my song, right? Yeah, this thing just right out the gate just kicks you in your fucking teeth and just goes nonstop. And I ended up, I don't know if you guys listened to A Perfect Day to Die, the 2020 version. I listened to that as well. And I feel like that's the perfect ending song for this album. If not, Logia Suicide is a, a great song to end on as Wait, well. Just it's not supposed to be. Damn it, this always has to be. It isn't the last track. It's like a, a bonus. Yeah, there's a bonus track where they did a 2020 version of a song that was uh, that they released in 2019. Yeah, because I watched the video of it with the old singer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just assumed it was the last track. <laughs> and the review I read said it was the <laughs> Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, I guess. Yeah, it's probably a Spotify exclusive or some shit like that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, probably. It's the same it's a... on both Apple and Amazon. That's the last track. So, uh, Give it a listen if you have it. Go or the one off of this version because it's solid as well. So I just I counted this part of the album because even shit that even be thirty three minutes then. That's almost rain and blood short. Yeah, no, I mean to to your point, David, about the the big four British thrash. I had heard a couple of names, but I don't think I've ever. I think I'd heard Sabbath and Acid Rain, but I I know I've never heard the, any of their stuff. So it really is, and I don't consider myself super well-versed in European metal, but well enough of the big stuff, especially Norwegian death metal or black metal, like you said, and, and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, if this is indicative of the UK thrash scene, I kind of want to listen to it more. And I'm like you, I don't think it sounded really any different than US thrash, at least on this record. You can definitely tell that their origins are were in punk and for sure you know especially in oh you already kind of brought up the songs so uh which one bow uh not bow down to the sounds but generation antichrist yeah absolutely where and, it's and, oh good yeah yeah no i was going to say that you know that of course is kind of a convergent evolution trajectory with american thrash at least mm -hmm. with slayer yeah. you don't believe me listen to undisputed attitude i mean it's <clears throat> um it's a reminder that that pool of sort of approaches and speed and just raw anger was available to anyone who wanted to tap into it. And, you know, the two countries that created that were the United States and Britain. Yeah. So, and yeah, the early 80s stuff, I listened to, to, to it just a tiny bit. Um, yeah, I feel like the reason it sounds like American Thrash is I think they've been a dialogue since the beginning, even if we didn't, I mean, as per usual, we ignored it. <laughs> they, they, they were <laughs> right. certainly very aware of American thrash in the 80s when writing British thrash in the 80s. And I stand by what I said. I think Carcass, though, it goes more into a death metal direction, um, other than Swan Song, uh, has a very similar quality, both in terms of the sound and the fact that its politics are just absolutely unapologetically anti-systemic. I mean, this yeah. is... Which makes it, I think, in some ways, I don't want to overgeneralize a bit, a little more British than some American thrash, which sometimes is quite transgressive and subversive, but in maybe not quite as obvious ways. Or, I mean, the, the three of us struggle to figure out what the fuck Slayer's politics are. I don't think there's any mystery with these guys. Yeah, no, not at all. Not at yeah, all. No mystery at all. Just that video for religious suicide, which is one of those devastating $5 montages I've ever seen. So, yet, listeners, if you just are feeling re too good about organized religion, you should just fire up that video and then follow it up with Bow Down to the Clowns. 
that had a very good creep factor and not at all what I, I was expecting the video for Bad Down to the Clowns. Because, um, you know, a, a, I think a lot of people, if they were using the clown in imagery, would have gotten a lot more heavy handed with it. And they really didn't. I mean, there were elements of it there, but they also interspersed it with footage from like that 1930 something film Freaks and other stuff. So it was a, a really good visual interpretation of the song that didn't fall into the tropes that I would have expected just from hearing the title. I did read a review who a reviewer who was mad that it looked too much like the saliva video. <laughs> I think it's a, I don't even remember which one that is where he's like a circus ringmaster. I'm like, okay. All right. And admittedly they made it for ten dollars, but I feel like British thrash is probably working with even less money than American thrash. So yeah, I thought it was really effective. And I think religious suicide is blah, like that's that video. I mean, that's the first that taste I got of this is Ben sent that video around. He's like, check this out. If you like your life too much. So and, he just, it's pretty yeah. much just mainlining Drano right from the start. Pretty much. Kinda, I mean, yeah, no, it's, Oh, so that was my first exposure to this album and two onslaught. Um, it's it's so interesting because I you know all three of us kind of got on this ride with uh, I mean there's only one member left I think for the original it's like a boat that parable like if you've replaced every piece of that boat over the span of its life is it the same boat uh, so it's basically <laughs> just the just the guitarist who's who's original which I'm okay with I mean there's some groups I like where nobody is the original like everyone's been replaced. Uh, but this I mean, singer, I think he, I'm starting drawing a blank on his name, um, is going to get better. It's hard. And we talked about this when we, uh, I assume this will have aired by now, when we talked about scar symmetry, you know, that transition of adding a new singer and how you make that work. Uh, here, I think he's sort of almost exactly a carbon copy of his predecessor, of Psych Healer. I think that was the old guy. So yeah. I'm really interested to see what another album where he sort of is allowed to kind of come into his own. And I think there was a bit of that with Lane Staley on Black Goes Way to Blue, which I like, but I think it's he's better on Devil Put the Dinosaurs there or whatever. So Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely an aspect. I think he's better in that second album. Kind of falls off in their next album afterwards. But... uh. <clears throat> Well, I mean, what they're working with now, I mean, it's fantastic, and it just kind of really hits this niche or hits this point, I think, on what they're trying for, and I don't know if they're going to stick with it for the next album, or considering how much they've changed over the years, because this is my first introduction to them as well. Well, I went and, back and listened to the album that they released right before this, which I think was in 2018, and if I didn't know that it was a different singer just by listening to it, and granted, I'm not like somebody who's been listening to Onslaught for years. That's kind of the, the point that we're making. I couldn't tell that there was a different singer. They sounded close enough that I would just would have thought that it was slightly different mix or something like that. Or it's a couple of years later and the voices change, guys voices changed just a little bit. So I think stylistically, this is who Onslaught is. And as the guy goes into his presence in the band and feels more comfortable there, that'll probably change. He'll get to experiment more, but I think that thematically this is what it's going to be. Good. Cause I mean, it's rare nowadays to get really a pure thrash album and it's nice to get that. So I had a question for you, Tracy, cause we've, uh, you know, this, this album opens up on the first song with the, the sound of somebody 
manually scrolling through an FM dial or an AM dial, but through a radio dial and you get the static and the little snippets of channels and everything like that. And I always liked that, but th that reminded me of a late eighties, early nineties thing that was done on albums. Yeah, specifically, um, Les Sisters, Devil Music Volume 1 by White Zombie comes to mind because they did that a lot in between tracks. And as the youngest person here, I'm going to ask you, is that still effective? Do you think that people know what the fuck that is anymore? Uh, possibly. Like, I don't know because I still know it. I know what that sound is. Hell, when I was up until the age of six or seven, we had a fucking turn it's a TV, but we had a fucking antenna that you turn the knob on to turn the antenna outside. So, like, I remember those days of, like, music and TV-wise of searching for static or, like, getting static or, like, you know, the scrambled porn that everybody, like, it, you see in the American Pie and everything. So, like, that's an aspect that I know as for, like, and you still see it play out in modern media today in tropes and stuff as well. So, I mean, I think everybody should be familiarized with it unless you spend 90% of your time on YouTube kind of deal. Yeah, it reminded me of White Zombie. A lot of bands I like used to do that. But yeah, what the fuck is a radio dial? <laughs> so. Yeah. I think I've actually used the radio dial in a couple of years. I mean, I still do, especially if I'm driving from here back there. Um, I mean, a lot of times I'll just load up music and listen to it on the way down, but it's every now and again, I just, let's see what's on the actual radio and I'll just hit scan and let it auto cycle until I hear a song that I want to stop on, which can be like 30 to 35 minutes of driving before I find one. <laughs> just sitting here, next, next, next. <laughs> Effectively. Yeah. Oh, that'd get on my nerves. I couldn't do it. Uh, give you something to do at least. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just well, kind of a subconscious thing. Yeah. I mean, I drive a couple times. It's just like, oh, look, more corn. What else are you going to do on the fucking ride anyways? Yeah, pretty much. We've gotten really far afield from this album, though. <laughs> just slightly. Oh, well, it happens. It, it does happen. Um, bringing it back. Yeah, it was it was nice to hear a, just a straight-up thrash album. And I know there are bands in America that are still doing this, but I don't really listen to them. Not on purpose. I just don't know them. I feel like this scene... You know, the Giants have obviously moved on or changed so dramatically they're not thrash at all. And uh, I think most people are into either more experimental shit or, like, I love Lamb of God, but it's not pure thrash. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's got that Pantera groove metal thing happening. And there's there's some groove in this, too, but it's, it's pretty much just a straight thrash album. I'm trying to think this year, albums that came out that are, like, pure thrash. And you've got the Testament album. Yep. And then Havoc's new album, V, or 5, whichever one they want to call it. And then I think... Didn't those Nuclear were, Assault release one? I don't know who Nuclear Assault. Yeah. Whether they're pure thrash or not, I guess it's debatable. But um, It's not shown on Spotify if they did. Okay. Maybe they didn't. I thought I saw it somewhere. Maybe it was a reissue because there was a lot of reissues this year. Oh, yeah, there's been a lot of those coming out. But, I mean, yeah, this definitely scratches that thrash itch that hasn't been scratched real well lately. In which prior episodes, I mean, me and Ben have looked at some of these bands coming around. They're doing more of a 
traditional metal sound that kind of more Judas Priest Iron Maiden that sound to them instead of you know the big four thrash style and so we may see in a couple of years kind of you know that cycle just kind of continue itself where these bands are just going to build upon each other and we're going to get some more pure thrashers out there like a third or fourth generation of them yeah it's entirely possible i mean the the american band that i will continue to bang the drum for is chemist and they're not straight up thrash they're kind of doom and thrash mixed together but i'm a big fan of theirs and even that as much as i like it isn't just as pure octane thrash like this is no uh and that's I think that's probably more of their older stuff, right? Because, I mean, Desolation didn't really... Like, you never did get out of that second gear like you talked about. So, it kind of tease you with it, but never fully go on. I know Havoc's pure yeah. thrash, though. And I saw them live with Kill Switch and uh, Anthrax when me and John Dunning went and saw them. And they're they're pretty fucking solid. They got a bass that plays like the dude from Incubus, though. <laughs> It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the just pure uh, straight ahead thrash, really good, well done, lots of really good solos. The production on this album, I won't say it's outstanding, but it's more than good enough, especially for us. Yeah, that's uh, no longer than the album is. It's a thrash production. You don't expect perfection with that? I I think... I think it's actually pretty well produced, given maybe I've just listened to a lot of shitty, terribly produced thrash. But yeah, I, uh, and I can see, and maybe I'm overstating this here, that sort of slightly Swedish sound, because it does sound a little bit different than the earlier stuff. Yeah. Uh, the guy who produced this has done a bunch of Meshuga. Oh, cool. Yeah, so um, I got a serious ministry vibe as well. And I think that's just a combination of a little bit of electronica, unrelenting tempo and brutality, and then just urinating in the corpse of religion. Yeah. Connect the goddamn dots. That's what I'm saying. So <laughs> it's, uh, so we talk about some tracks, and we kind of already have been. We've been cheating, but. Well, let's do it. Strike fast, strike hard. Man, I mean, okay, I know it's not the opener, but it's basically the opener. Anyway, strike fast, strike hard is fucking fantastic. Uh, I bow down to the clowns, it's amazing. Uh, and the video actually made me like it better. Like, that isn't always the case. Uh, and the middle of the album, I think, is okay. I, I think it does get a tiny bit monotonous. But by the time we get to religious suicide, Jesus, pun intended, like, it ends, it begins and ends incredibly strongly. And the middle is absolutely serviceable. Uh, it's just, you know, there's not a lot of variation in terms of tempo, vocal style, what have you. But, you know, it's a 30-minute thrash record, so... You mean yep. you're not addicted to the smell of death? Yeah, this album, like, I think through the whole thing is tempo. Just it goes straight balls to the walls. And uh, Strike Fast, Strike Hard is a fantastic album. Generation Antichrist. I actually really enjoy Addicted to the Smell of Death. And then Ruined Your Suicide and A Perfect Day to Die are perfect closers, depending on which version you listen to. They both are great in their own right. There is not a track on this album that I dislike. I will agree that the the middle couple of tracks, um, which I still like, I like Halsing Eye, Addiction to Smell of Death. I actually quite a bit enjoyed Empire's Fall. And, yeah, Empire's Fall is good. Um, but really the, the standouts to me, of course, uh, Religious Suicide, Generation Antichrist, Bow Down to the Clown, Strike Fast, Strike Hard. I like Rise to Power okay. 
um, if nothing else, because I was always a sucker for that, that soundscape thing that um, White Zombie always used. So whenever I hear that in an album, I kind of like it. But yeah, this was really, really, I mean, this, I don't, I didn't know what to expect when I first saw, I was like, Onslaught, who the fuck is that? And there was an American band that was called this too, that like went out and released like one album. So That's what were, I thought. Sorry, I mean, yeah, because I remember when you said it, I was like, wait, that Onslaught? No, not that Onslaught. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't really sure what to, what to expect, but and when I clicked on religious suicide and heard it, I was like, holy shit. Yeah, this is going to have to be it because I haven't heard thrash this pure in a long, long time. I mean, even the Testament album that we reviewed earlier this year, which was really good, I liked it a whole lot, but it wasn't pure thrash like this is. No, no, it's not. No, and, it's, yeah, Lamb of God certainly isn't. Yeah. yeah. Like that Testament album was 40 people 40 years back later doing it. And like, oh, I don't know if we can keep up with that anymore. What's, here's a new spin on it. Well, I mean, I'm not sure that, I mean, the one guy who was in the band originally definitely is considering, you know, he started the band in 1982 um, and he's one of the guitarists. I don't know the age of any of the rest of the people in the band, how old they are. So it could just be an infusion of new blood and then him keeping up and, and matching his vision. But I mean, these guys have been around for a long ass time too, is my overall point, or at least he has, not the, not the rest of the band, but they could have been. True. Yeah, I think they've been this a while. At least just looking at the videos, and I know I'm just revivaling them. They they definitely seem older. Yeah, that's kind of what I, the sense I got too, especially from the "Send in the Clowns" video. Yeah. Or bow down to the clowns, not send in the clowns. Shit. That's something else entirely. That's our government. Um, uh, uh, too soon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, shall we grade it? Yeah, let's grade it. Yep, let's do it. I'll go ahead and go first. I'm going to give this a solid A. I mean, if you if you know my criteria, I like stuff that is somewhat political, angry, and fast. And this was all fucking three. So if I if if this doesn't tick my boxes, nothing else is going to. It's just, I'm not going to give it an A plus because uh, you know even though. I, there's no songs on it that I don't like. I do think some of the middle tracks are a little bit weaker, and this is just a band that I don't have any history with, so I can be a little bit more critical because there's not that already mental um, or nostalgic connection to them as Tracy likes to ding us for. So an A for me. What do you think, Tracy? I'm torn. I, it's a great thrash album overall, and it's fantastic, and I'm going to give it an A minus. I don't quite want to go on full A, because I I kind of want to see how it sits before I start kind of throwing that out. I'm like, this is my first time hearing them, so I have nothing really comparative-wise by them to compare it to. So I'd kind of like to let it sit and see how it settles. And I know I'm coming back to it by the end of the year and kind of seeing where it falls in my list. It will be probably in my top end of the year list somewhere. I just don't know exactly where at the moment. Yeah. I'm going to go with an A minus also. I like this album a lot. As I said, I've listened to it a bunch since it was first signed to me. It's not work. Uh, as I said, I think it gets a tiny bit monotonous and I wouldn't even want to see the vocalist sort of grow into his own. I mean, he's way better than I would be, obviously. But uh, yeah, I dig this record. I'm, I'm gonna give it an A minus. 
All right. There you have so, it. I'd say it's a good pick in any metal fanning, so check it out. Yeah, especially if you like thrash. I mean, if you if if you're a dude who whose favorite metal is whatever the fuck, um, My Dying Bride or not My Dying Bride, fuck. Um, although them too, so Screamo, you might not enjoy this a whole lot. Or whatever I normally pick. Opeth or yeah, Opeth or yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, something like like what Tracy said. Not necessarily that there's anything wrong with the stuff he picks, but if you are into like the post metal stuff, this might be too old school for you. But uh, if you like, you know, if you're our age, mine and David's age, and you really like thrash, I think you would enjoy the shit out of this. Spoiler alert, it's probably going to wind up being on my end of the year list, too. So, Yeah, David could start putting his together as well. I think he's got enough of a 2020 in him to do it. Oh, yeah, I think so. What is that, 10? The 10 things I like best that came out this year? Yeah. yeah, Tracy always says 100 because he's an overachiever, but I'm going to be too. <laughs> Tracy. I do like <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing that. 78, 79. There's a cutoff. I'm like, eh, I don't deserve well, them. Yeah, I can, I can come with 10 albums I like that came out in 2020. But 2020 has been a weird year, man. As you all know, in terms yeah. of releases, uh, it got pretty thin. Because I was looking up stuff to, you know, put on the podcast, you know, on this in the future. I'm like, man, it really thins out there. It, it did. seems to be picking up again, but shit, dude. It has been a weird uh, year in that way, and the release schedule got all fucked up for the reasons that we all know. But I will have to say that I thought the quality of the albums that have come out have been pretty damn good. Yeah, they have been agreed on that one. And I think it is part of like the trying to navigate their way in recording and releasing during those current times. Yeah. I think this is going to change the recording industry completely. I mean, because now, and you see it all the time on YouTube, there's like guys who are fucking recording guitar parts in their living room and emailing them halfway around the world for some other asshole with audacity or, or some similar program to stitch it all together. And it sounds fine. Which I think is going to be cool because it will make creating albums easier for bands, but I think you're going to lose part of the creative process that comes from sitting in a room and actually hammering out riffs and shit. So you mean you're going to lose out in the aspect of James and Lars trying to kill each other twice a, a week? Well, you're definitely not going to get the some kind of monster thing. It'll be completely different. There were analogies for this before, like the Postal Service recorded that way. Yeah. And pe- which different genre, everyone. But uh, but everyone's like, whoa! It was like sort of so blew their mind. And to be fair, that was like 15 years ago. But yeah, I think it's gonna have huge a huge effect the way home studios did for hip hop. Like that yep. sort of transformation, especially in like Africa. I mean, the entry costs went down so dramatically. Yeah, um, and people nowadays, it's not uncommon for several members of band or at least one to have their own studio in their basement. And they're coming quite more common with, as David stated, the entry cost has been significantly lower. Well, I mean, just from the time that, and I might edit this out because I don't know how many people actually want to hear this, but just from the time when my little bullshit nothing band that I was in back in the mid-90s and we were doing stuff and we were recording our own stuff in our living room, doing it very punk. But I mean, still, we had to buy an actual legit four-track machine. Then we actually had to pay somebody to convert it from tape to digital and all that stuff. So the fact that everything is pretty much just straight up digital now is so much easier. 
you know, before we had to mic everything and run it into the the mixer and mix it down, where now you can just do a line out into your computer program and do it that way. So it's so much simpler and it, it takes up so much less space too. For sure. But yeah, I think the reduction of entry costs is a good thing. I yeah, think it almost compensates for the other horrifying things that have happened in the music industry, like touring ending or yeah. Uh, you know, the streamable world where anyone can listen to your song at any time, but you're going to get a millionth of a cent. Yep. Yep. Uh, we were talking about that, me and another friend were talking about that last night, as a matter of fact, how back in the 50s, you toured your ass off and didn't make hardly any money to try and break into radio. Because if you got a, a radio, your song on the radio, you could make a lot of money that way through sales of singles and everything. Now it's the other way around. Whereas yeah. getting airplay means almost nothing. You make all your money from touring. Unless you have some like massive hit that just blows the fuck up. Like that's the one like. Oh, but until you hit like Lady Gaga, you yeah. just make, you're a dick. Yeah. On yeah. radio airplay or streaming. I mean, you have to, the volume has to be enormous. Well, I mean, you know, Taylor Swift probably has the largest album for this year, unless Beyonce or somebody releases something. She did, man. That, soundtrack for the that Lion King kind of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, well, I was thinking them, that more as a movie than necessarily yeah, a And that's fair. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I love how we're really all over the... This is the podcast <laughs> where we talk about personal service, Beyonce. Stay tuned. We review Taylor Swift's folk album. <laughs> I already did that, but... Um... Of course you did. Of course you did. <laughs> yeah, the one-man podcast industry. Yeah, that's Speaking of entry costs and being able to do it remotely, the best. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, and that album was so huge because A, because Taylor Swift is such a big star that, sure. and, and such a great businesswoman that she actually was able oh, to yeah. force Spotify into a really good deal. But also the fact that it moved something like 3 million units in 24 hours. So yeah, dude, sure. it was insane. <laughs> and I do have to point out that you are 3 million units. I am, in fact, on a good day. That's, a, day, I'm like that's absurd. That's absurd. Yeah, most people, Onslaught will never do that. To bring us back to where I, I love Onslaught, but that's uh, not in the cards for them, probably. No, I can't think of it. maybe Metallica. Maybe. Yeah. Well, he's doing that. What are we doing next? Next, we are doing my pick for August in the Black Crown Initiates yeah. Violent Portraits of Doomed Escape. Well, that's yeah. another band I'm not very familiar with, so I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. I'm pumped. It's good stuff. Yeah. Speaking of things that are very on topic for 2020. <laughs> Without a doubt. But we'll talk about the death of death to all tyrants next time. Oh, well. Catch us next time. Yep. As we talk more about Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> and the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, more platinum album talk next time. I'm going to do middle like with you. Like the fucking Eagles, man. <laughs>